0: This is the dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bumpin' Stacy. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer on Seattle Sports, the home of the Mariners.
1: It is a teal Tuesday on Seattle Sports, and it's also the dugout All Mariners from 1 to 2 p.m. Rick Riz is going to join us at 1.30 to talk about this team. Shannon Dreyer is, uh, is on the road on the East Coast as they begin an East Coast road trip that starts in Philadelphia. She's going to join us at 1.45. Also, I mentioned it in Snapshot, but I'm going to mention it now. A bit of a change in the starting rotation here. No, I don't mean like some big roster move, just change in order from Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times. Marco Gonzalez, who is scheduled to pitch tomorrow, is actually going to pitch today. And then Logan Gilbert is going to pitch tomorrow. So uh, it'll be uh, Marco Gonzalez today against Bailey Falter for Philadelphia. Again, this series starts today, 3.40 p.m. first pitch, 2.30 p.m. pregame show. Uh, Christopher Negron, first base coach for the Mariners, is going to join us in just one moment. Bump, I am debating asking Christopher whether or not he would allow a pitcher who is a single short of the cycle. To stop on first,
2: oh yeah, you, I think you I'm gotta gonna do it. it. I got to do it. it, right? Yes.
1: I'll, I'll go ahead and we'll lead off with the question, <laughs> maybe just to you know get the the tough stuff out of the way before we before we bring him on, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, the Mariners are in a really interesting spot. You know, we started our week talking about how great Jared Kelnick had been. He is second or third, I think, in slugging. He's in the 99th percentile with expected slugging. Um, he's making great decisions. And on the other hand, you're waiting for some other guys to catch up. Colton Wong. Now he had three hits. Okay. So I just want to say he's got eight on the season, had three the other day. So say, it's a little below, weighted. Average
2: like 85 or something below, like that. He
1: is in the one percentile, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
2: But he but he got on base three times. Yeah, three hits. Yeah, we so take that.
1: We, we we you're right. We take that. We do take that, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna see what happens with uh with Colton. Do you have faith that he's gonna improve? Because his numbers last year were still pretty solid.
2: His career average says everything. Gonna be all right. Right. So um I I believe I still believe. Come on, Colton.
1: Yeah, it's not like a dramatic drastic drop off, but you are seeing a lot of you know not super encouraging numbers. Um, I think that uh you know in the in lieu of you know, doing that and just looking at the positive instead. The one thing you can say is that Jared Kelnick, I mean, the guy is slashing 319, 377, 677, OPS over 1,000. Um, he's uh, the only knock is he's in the 30th percentile strikeout percentage, but to be expected for a young player and for a big hitter as well.
2: Like I said, with, uh, with Wong. We'll mm. take that, right? <laughs> My man's uh, leads the team to home runs. You mentioned the slash. I mean, I mean, you have to. You can't be great everywhere, Yeah. Right? And just like with uh, with Geno Suarez, man, we we take that as well. So um, I'm just happy he seems like he's in a good place. He's having fun too. Yeah, it's it's Jared Kelnick type of fun. You know what I'm saying? It's not like doing backflips and smiling all the time and slapping hands. It's a it's a little smirk here or there, but it looks like he's having fun.
1: Now, what I also want to know: Do they take the trident on the road? They must. Okay.
2: We better wrap it up. Well, and, I hope they do. And uh, first class deliver that stuff.
1: I hope they do because you've got a got you got a couple guys here who are set for uh, potentially hitting some dingers. Let me read you the lineup. Uh, this came out three minutes ago, so we've got Rodriguez leading off, of course. Uh, France Suarez, Hernandez, Pollock your DH today. Kelnick in the sixth hole, then Raleigh seven. Caballero, you've been watching him. Crawford is ninth. Um, before we talk about Caballero, someone I know. Who uh, and I just butchered it. Someone I know who you're uh, you're very encouraged by some of the contact that he's been making. If even if it hasn't always resulted in hits, can we just talk about how JP Crawford is doing a great job with getting on base? Like I know some people want to see him moved up in the rotation when he's getting on base, but he is uh, lining up perfectly for turning that that lineup over.
2: No, nah, JP is looking good. JP is doing JP type of things, right? To expect JP to come out there and hit for power every single night. Um and to what go yard? I mean that's just not his game, Mm -hmm. and I'm completely fine with that because you need those type of players in your lineup. You know what I'm saying? The thing that is standing out to me specifically with JP just defensively, man, he's been back to his old self. He's never been bad. You know what I'm saying? But last year was a little bit of a drop off. He was playing
1: every day. He was playing a lot, getting a little hurt.
2: Yeah, but um, JP looks good. I've said it before. He looks thicker. He looks stronger. He looks like he's ready for like a hundred. Thirty five hundred forty games.
1: What do you think of? Uh, and Scott Service has been open about this about the team's decision to keep Kelnick at six.
2: I like it because you need a spark at the bottom of the lineup. I want to say last year Cal was that guy. And then they moved him up eventually. Yeah, but you don't just want to say okay one through five. All right, we're good. And then you you bottom. You just got, you guys kind of figure it out. You want someone to lead the charge here. But eventually, eventually, I think you're gonna have. To move him up, but where do you put him? Who do you who do you switch out? I
1: know we're getting a couple listeners right now that are texting in about the lineup. So someone said, Why is Pollock hitting so high? Um I mean, I don't again, yeah. I, I think it's just I like the way that the end of the rotation with JP transitioning, because he can get on base, transitioning to Julio. Obviously, Julio leading off, he is your best hitter. It doesn't matter if he's not your hottest hitter right now, he is your best player in this lineup. Um it is fair. I think it's I think it's wanting consistency with Kelnick. Yeah. I think it's this team wanting to be patient, not overreact, because the last thing you want to do is start moving Kelnick up, and then when he inevitably doesn't have an OPS over a thousand for a stretch of a couple games, you don't want to then put him back down. Like this is a guy where one of your primary goals, consistency, that was one of your primary goals for this year with him. In addition to some of the little, you know, particulars that only the team knows about, but
2: he's comfortable. It's like when I take my kids on trips, I know that Jada. She needs her iPad fully charged. She's going to need some shades. I know that Michael is going to need some help packing because he's my stylish kid. And I know Kobe is going to need a whole bunch of snacks. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to switch up the routine. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now, that's how I feel about Kelly. Make sure mm-hmm. he's good on his road trip, man. He better be sitting in the same spot on that plane, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I need consistency on the field, which he's shown. Consistency off the field. You don't change anything when he's in a zone like this because he's never been in the zone in the big. So, yeah, don't, don't change nothing.
1: From the 206, uh, if it's the Trident I saw on Etsy, it seems to uh, come apart into pieces and has a nice traveling case. Well, that's good. So maybe okay. they were able to... I can only assume it's pure solid gold. Um, <laughs> but but who knows? Maybe maybe it does end up coming apart. Now, they are on an East Coast road trip opening up a series against the Phillies. They haven't played there since... I. I want to say 2017. I'll, I'll double check with you guys. It's been a while. But Bump, what do you think about the change in schedule where you're now playing every team? We're going to see a lot more National League uh, matchups here.
2: I love it. See everybody. Yeah. I, I love it. You have so many games. Why not? It's not not like the NFL where you only got 17. It's impossible um to see everybody. I like it. It allows us to see players that we normally don't see and allows other teams as well. Like get some of Julio. Get some of uh, Kelnick. Get some of Castillo. It's, it's good for the brand for the Seattle Mariners for us to play all these other teams. I
1: think it's also just good sometimes to be able to see which teams are competitive and to, um, you know, we, we saw the Braves uh, quite a bit last year. But that would be an example of, hey, if you don't know all the teams that are great and all mm-hmm. the teams that are doing great things, you might feel a little more comfortable. And I think it's good sometimes to be able to look and say, okay, I don't want to spend like the Mets, but it's good to know what they've got. Um, hey, you know, hopefully you can develop like the like the Braves, but it's great to know what they've got as well. Like, it's good to be able to see really good teams in the National League.
2: Yeah, you get to see... Now, you
1: grew up a Dodgers fan, so you've, you've seen yeah. some of these teams,
2: but... It's good to see what you're up against. It, it's, it's good to see what else is out there. It's like when athletes um, grow up in this... Small bubble, and in this bubble, they're the best. And then Mm -hmm. they go out of this bubble, and they don't realize that there's another 6'3", so-and-so, that's just like you, that might be a bit better. So, yeah, they look at the stats. I'm sure they watch the highlights or whatnot, but there's nothing like being face-to-face with uh, with Bryce Harper or somebody, you know what what I'm saying, and really feeling that talent and seeing how you stack up against it.
1: All right. Let's talk about the Phillies themselves. Now, the hottest team this year, undoubtedly, you guys already know, has been the Tampa Bay Rays. And that matters. It's an American League team. We all have our eyes on them. But third right now in Team OPS. Bump, you want to take any wild guess as to the team that is third in Team OPS right now?
2: Philadelphia.
1: It's the Philadelphia Phillies. That's exactly <laughs> right. A big test for Marco today. And he has been uh, pretty solid. He's had moments. He didn't have like the very best spring training ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, uh, the Mariners pitching has been solid. We have questions about the bullpen, primarily related to health. But right. I've been okay with the starters.
2: Yeah, I've been good with the starters. I've been I've been good with them. I mean, mine is flex, right? But he's also shown right. that he could get her done. The one I've been most surprised with is Marco Gonzalez, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad because out of the initial five that we were expecting to see, he was the question mark, even though he's been the guy who's been here the longest, who's held it down, who deserves some love. Um, just had a baby. He's fighting some other things, right? He's trying to communicate with the wife and all that. But, no, I'm, I'm glad Marco is having a good year and um, so far, and I hope he keeps it up.
1: Uh all right. So, we are going to do more of a preview kind of I'm going to throw the same type of questions uh towards uh Rick Riz is going to join us and uh Shannon Dreyer who's in Philadelphia is, is going to join us and uh we're going to kind of wrap up the dugout with a, a closer preview of this specific series. So, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Let's do this bump. Let's take a quick look around MLB before we jump back to the Mariners. Here we go. I mentioned the hottest team in MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, they set another modern era record with their 14th straight home win to start a season. Tampa's off to a 20 and 3 start. That's right, a 20 and 3 start. Only the 1911 Detroit Tigers, I remember them, and the 1955 <laughs> Brooklyn Dodgers who started 21 and 2 have had a better record through 23 games. The last two teams to have a record as good or better, 1911 and 1955.
2: That was a long time ago. That was a
1: long time ago.
2: They just beat the uh, Astros 8 to 3. All right. Two more games with the Astros. I think this will be telling right here. I mean, they've already handled them one game uh, decisively. And you look at their their opponents so far. I mean, they play the Tigers. Excuse me, the Lions, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Tigers.
1: Well, we call every team from Detroit the Lions, which I feel like we need. On the dugout, we have to say to just preface.
2: Right. Um, every team from Detroit, we call Detroit, the Lions. Yeah, yeah, the Lions. So, inside joke. All right, don't come yeah, at me. sorry, sorry. Uh, the Nationals, the A's, Boston, Toronto, Cincinnati. You got the White Sox. No one really impressive, but they're still taking care of the team they're supposed yeah. to take care of. So um, do you believe in this? Are they a yes. World Series contending team to you?
1: That's a question that's always going to linger for the Rays because it's they've always been a team where the front office has done so well uh, and they've performed so well, but they've never quite captured it all. And everyone's always been like, well, what if money really is the difference? Like what if you can only do this they don't have a money ball approach but what if they can only do this kind of thing where they play bigger than their market and payroll for so long but god if they aren't really showing right now that they're a world series favorite um uh by the way brandon gustafson uh who covers the mariners is going to hop in uh in like three minutes with us so i got like two more stories to get to and then we'll get to brandon um very quickly about the Rays. let me add on they did see another streak of theirs come to an end, so now they're washed. Uh, they failed to hit a home run in their 23rd game. Oh, wow. Oh, man. God, get them out what of are here. They doing? Barely a wild card. Uh, so they hold a new record of 22 straight to start a season, which surpassed, unfortunately, the 2019 Mariners' 19 straight games. Next up, a Little League baseball signed by 12-year-old Mike Trout back in 2009 was sold at a New Jersey auction for, you want to guess? Yeah. It's probably smaller, less than you think. Really? Yeah,
2: two million. Okay, way less. Fifteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
1: Maybe a baseball. Maybe a baseball signed now by like Man. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and someone else. But no, just a little league baseball signed by twelve-year-old Mike Trout. <laughs> I mean, it's a twelve-year-old signature. Still trying. Fifteen thousand six hundred dollars.
2: All right, hold on to that. Give it about 20, 30 years.
1: If you were a bajillionaire, would you spend uh, quite no. a bit of money for? What about Kobe signed? No. You love Kobe. I love
2: Kobe. I'll just buy a You're replica and <laughs> <laughs> call it good.
1: All right. Last story here before we get to Brandon. Uh, from friend of the show, Bob Nightingale, following Pittsburgh's signing of Brian Reynolds, there are only three teams in baseball who have never handed out a contract of more than $100 million. No, the Mariners are not one. The A's, the Royals, and White Sox.
2: Makes sense. Does that check out? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I was ready for the A's all day. Royals, definitely because of the market. White Sox would be the more surprising one out of the three, but it still makes sense.
1: All right, I'm going to let you guys know. We're calling an audible behind the scenes. We're going to have Shannon first.
3: Shannon. We're going
1: to we're going to swap Shannon and, and Brandon here, all so right. Shannon's going to join us in just one minute. Uh, so again, that was your look around MLB. Uh, you are listening to The Dugout, by the way. It is all Mariners from one to two. Uh, Michael Bumpus and myself, Stacey Ross, are going to be hosting, but you're going to hear from some of your favorite Mariners' voices. That includes Rick Riz, voice of the Mariners, he's going to join us at one thirty to talk about this team as they embark on a long East Coast road trip. Uh, they're two games away from hitting five hundred, and again, it's early in the season. But you'd sure like to see them get a series win here against the Phillies. It's going to be tough. They're a great team offensively. We're going to be asking Shannon Dreyer about it, Mariners Insider. She's going to be joining us here in just thirty seconds on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. I'm eager to ask Shannon uh, about you know Marco Gonzalez and this matchup that he's got against a very very tough Philly lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's go ahead and get started there. Shannon Dreher joining us right now, and Shannon uh, Bump and I were just looking at some basic basic stats for Philadelphia. They're number three in team OPS. Tell us a bit about this matchup and this lineup that Marco's facing today.
3: Well, I'm glad Bryce Harper is not back in this lineup as of yet, but you are running into another good offensive team. And, um, you know, that said, Marco's putting up some numbers that he hasn't put up before. He's really done a good job and kind of avoiding the hard contact and just a couple of his starts already. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, but um, you know, you look at the Phillies and it's a strong lineup. It's one that uh, probably, even though you always you know, you kind of take a look at where their rankings are, it's more of an offense that's kind of across the board. It's not anything that one thing that really stands out about them. And I think the Mariners will have their opportunities in that their bullpen, save for the closer, isn't quite as strong. They're going to be facing the bottom third of the, of the rotation And also, they've been pretty shaky defensively, so they should have some opportunities out there.
2: Shannon, Trey Turner was a name that we begged uh, the Mariners to put a bid in for. Sounds like they never really had a chance. Uh, We're going to see him in Philly. Uh, What have you seen out of Trey Turner this year? How's the season going?
3: It's going well. I think that you look at a lot of guys and you kind of, um, you know, can point to the ones who they looked at that aren't doing well and you feel a little bit better about that. That said, guys with track record are probably going to end up where they are at. And I know there was some um, kind of worry about the injury that he had in the WBC, but he is back. I mean, he's been Trey Turner. He's been putting up the numbers that you would expect from him. So he certainly will be a force and a part of this lineup
1: uh shannon this is a team that uh and again we're going to be uh, focusing on this a lot uh, has had some good and some bad to start the season just like every other team in baseball uh jared kelnick has been absolutely amazing on a hot streak and uh meanwhile you've had uh, colton wong who's kind of been struggling but had three hits in his last outing which was really encouraging uh, are you seeing some improvements from him are you seeing a change what's he doing well i guess is what i'm asking
3: well, I think it's too soon to say. I mean, it was good to see those hits, and I'm not sure we're going to see them very much because you are seeing two lefties when uh, you take on the Phillies, and I, I just think it's too soon. I think that uh, it's he has had such a rough go to get going so I think basically you look at him right now and he's had a little success with the bat and you hope that that's something that he can kind of take to heart because he's in a miserable place right now it's one thing to struggle if you're a young player but if you are an established player that a team that is established and has goals has traded for you and you're not able to come through that is something that can really kind of start to pile up and I don't know that that was happening with him he does seem to be a pretty confident guy but um, I think any little success that he has right now, you look to build on that, and you do look to protect right now, which is why he's not in the lineup tonight.
2: Shannon, I love a young guy. I love a new guy. I mean, this young man's 26 years old, but Jose Caballero, what have you seen out of him? What are realistic expectations of his performance and his role on this team?
3: Well, I think the most important thing is is that when he's in there right now is to lean on that defense and play good defense and be versatile because they're very thin up the middle. They're very thin at back up at third base as well. So. If he can display that he can play those positions, he's a shortstop. But if he can play the other positions, that gives him a little something to lean on. And if he can contribute defensively, that gives you something there. That said, and it's kind of curious because this is not a guy that put up super numbers as far as power or hits. He's always had a good eye in the minor leagues, but he didn't have huge numbers by any means in the minor leagues. And what we have seen from him early on is he is putting up good at bats. and He's making some solid contacts. So, Yeah, he's a player that you don't look for too much offensively, but if he's able to get on base a time or two a game, be it by a walk or or some sort of hit, or you know, just even get one hit and play that good defense, that's what you're looking for from him, and it's been so far so good. This is a player you probably could have seen a little sooner if it wasn't for, you know, the COVID season or if it wasn't for some injuries or, or different situations. So he's somebody that's hungry. And what's different about him is even though this is his first go around at the big league level, because he is a little bit older, because he went through so much in the minor leagues. Um, doesn't really carry himself like a first-time player. He doesn't seem to be overwhelmed by anything, and it has been kind of refreshing to watch.
1: Hey, Shannon, what's the latest with Dylan Moore? It sounded like there were some lingering questions. He might go see an expert uh, in Philadelphia. What have you been hearing?
3: Well, that's something that we're just going to have to wait and see. There are a lot of injury updates that we're kind of really anxious about some important things today. Dylan Moore is one of them and uh, he had the setback and it was just like the last time he was about ready to get going in spring training and pulled out of that game because of what he's been dealing with of late, which is actually more related to the original injury and not the oblique that he came up with in spring training. So, um, we're going to hear more about Dylan Moore. We should hear more about Robbie Ray he used to see the specialist as well. And that's a big one. You know, is, is that flexor, tur- you know, healing or is it turning into something else? That's obviously major. They've been very pleased with what they've seen from Andres Munoz and the work that he's done with the club. Uh, now he's going to go out with the Rainiers, I believe, and might have uh, threw a live batting practice yesterday, and we should see him in game action pretty soon. So we, I would anticipate updates on all three, which, which should make for uh, a little extra news perhaps in the pregame show.
2: Shannon, you're obviously around the club often. Uh, I want to ask you just about service. What are his, his thoughts and feels on his team and where they are currently health-wise and performance-wise?
3: Ah, uh, you know the health is it is what it is, and they're a team that was going to lean on their depth. I don't think they wanted to have to lean on their pitching depth as soon as they have had to. So that's something that I think he kind of buckles down, and you've just got to go to work. They're a big believer in what can the coaches do for the players, what can the analysts do, what can we do to support the players that are healthy and on the field to help get the most out of them. Um, as far as where they are uh, offensively, you know, a week ago you could tell that it was okay. It's early, but you're kind of drawing a line and. I think that there are some fundamentals, uh, in team approach that some of the players just were not leaning on. You know, there are pitches that they weren't taking, kind of edge pitches. There are things that the Mariners do where they kind of roll the dice and they kind of play the percentages that sometimes aren't easy for batters to do, and they weren't doing that. So when he sees that kind of thing and they're not doing, uh, what we saw them do so well, I think he started to see a little bit of him putting the foot down and say, hey, okay, it's, you know, we need to do better here. We need to do better with how we dominate the zone. Um, defensive lapses, you can't stand to see that. You're not going to see them ever throw a player under the bus or anything like that. But I do think that uh, prior to uh, the series that we just saw, I do think that you know when they had that off day, there was you know some frustration at where they were and that they hadn't been able to pull out of it as yet. But it, I think they did feel good about the prior series, and so they're hoping that they're able to turn it. And pick up a few more wins in Philadelphia. Now, Philly got off to that tough start, but they have turned it on of late. They're coming off three straight wins, so they're feeling good about themselves. But those three wins were against the Rockies, so who knows?
1: (laughs) Everyone loves beating the Rockies and beating teams from Colorado. (laughs) Knock on wood for Game 5 for the Kraken. But uh, when it comes to the Mariners, you mentioned the Phillies coming off a a series sweep of a bad team. They're still a really solid team. What's the challenge for Marco today? What's he got to do?
3: Uh, You know what, I I want to see more of what we saw from him before, and it was just such an interesting start that we saw from him in that he's a pitcher that has always relied on, you know, four or five pitches within a start, and he really just went with three, and we found that he has kind of reworked the curveball, and he admitted that he did go to work on it and that he did work on the pitch shaping of it, and he was able to go out there, and it's not like he had to, you know, he was surviving on three pitches, he was thriving. On On three pitches, which is not something that we 've seen from him, so i'm really curious to see if that's something that uh, will be effective against this lineup too, when he goes out and matches his career high in strikeouts, you know that's huge now, all that said, now he 's pitching out of rotation we don 't know when they told him that this could happen. he's had plenty of rest because of the off days, so that 's not an issue. So, you know, my question would be how long has he had to prepare for this? And you hope that it doesn't really take away from anything that we saw the last time out, which was a really nice step in in the right direction.
1: She is Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Shannon. You got it. All right, you are listening to The Dugout. We've done some movement behind the scenes here, so a bit of a change of plan. Brandon Gustafson is now going to join us at 145. We're going to do kind of like a little Mariners roundtable. So if you guys have questions about the Mariners, you can get those texted in, 866-979-3776. First, the voice of the Mariners. Rick Riz joins us next.
0: You're listening to the Dugout every Tuesday at one with Bump and
4: Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners.
3: You are listening
1: to the Dugout. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, the voice of the Mariners, Rick Riz. Riz, how's it going?
0: Hey, Stacy and Bump, how you doing? It's fine. Uh, a little chilly here in Philadelphia, hey. Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was waiting for some warm weather, but uh, anyway, we got a big game coming up tonight. Opening game of the long uh, road trip.
1: You know, Rick, I don't want to make you jealous. It is kind of sunny here in Seattle. I know. I, know.
0: I, know. I was just talking <laughs> to Curtis. He said it's 90 degrees back home. Is it really? Was Curtis lying <laughs> to me?
2: Curtis,
1: how
0: dare you? I'm in swim trunks. I know. I got a fan on me. You guys hey. are sweating in the studio. Hey. Conditioning.
1: Riz, set the scene for Mariners fans. What are you seeing right now?
0: Uh, what I'm seeing right now is a ball club that's ready to, you know, take off. They're still waiting for a couple of key pieces. You know, Robbie Ray, they really miss him in the starting rotation. Andres Munoz in the bullpen. But the two kids that they called up, you know, from Triple A Tacoma, uh, Gabe Spire and Justin Tope have been outstanding as far as holding the fort. They've been really incredible. So. I'm looking at a ball club that uh, they just need that key base hit. They need to start scoring some runs. You know, that would help out a whole bunch, uh, take a little pressure off the starters. But uh, I'm looking at a ball club ready to take off uh, on this road trip. Riz, we get to
2: see Marco on the mound. Last time we saw yeah. him, he had nine Ks. Is it uh, fair to expect a. <laughs> Duplication of that performance, especially with this lineup <laughs> he's going up against.
0: Well Bump, I tell you what, if he does that again, the Raiders is gonna be in good shape because he walked only one. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of strikeouts from Marco Gonzalez. He wants you to put the ball in play early in the count so he has a good pitch count. You know, we're not a whole lot of pitches early in the ball game so he can get deep in the ball games but uh, he's a guy that's going to go and throw strikes but his cutter and his changeup combination was absolutely brilliant in that start against Milwaukee and turned out to be a no decision 5-3 loss but he was incredible he pitched into the 7th inning and when you have an outing like that you got to take advantage of that and the Mariners uh didn't uh, he gave up only 2 runs gave up only 4 hits but only the one walk and the 9 strikeouts but his his whole uh game plan is throwing strikes. He's got to spot his fastball and then he can get you inside with that cutter and uh, the change-up combination was absolutely remarkable and if he has that again tonight which I think he's going to, he's going to be fine and they said his velocity was a little dad strength because he just came off the paternity <laughs> list. You know, they, uh, Monica just had their second baby yeah. daughter and so he was feeling pretty good, and uh, he pitched one heck of a game.
1: Yeah, girl number two. Congratulations to that family. Um, speaking of remarkable, that's exactly how I think we'd all describe Jared Kalnick's stretch that he's been on here. He's slashing 319, 377, 667, OPS over 1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is tied for the lead in home runs. has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, have you noticed a, a change in demeanor, a change in approach? Yes. I mean, uh, what do you see?
0: I've noticed a lot, uh, Stacy and Bump, uh, and I noticed it right away at spring training. And he talked about it. You know, we were playing the Kansas City Royals in surprise in his first at bat, he had a line drive home run to center field. Next at bat, he had a long fly ball, a home run to right center field to the right of the banner's eye. Third time up, he lined out to the center fielder. And then in talking with Jared, he said his approach now is to try to hit the ball as hard as he can off the top of the wall in center field. Well, they're going over the wall in center field right now. And it's the approach. And the other day in the last uh, road trip, Uh, He went up into the bleachers, way up into the bleachers in center field at Wrigley Field. Nobody goes up there. Nobody, and not in the stat cast area. Only three guys have ever hit a ball that far. But what he's doing is when you're you're driving the ball up the middle like that, you're staying down and through the ball. And then what that allows you to do is if you're a little bit early, boom, he's going to pull the ball over the right field. If you're a little bit late, you can hit the ball the other way. But we're also seeing him... uh, His last two home runs have been opposite field home runs. He took an inside pitch inside out and hit the ball out the other way to left field at T-Mobile Park. That is really tough to do. He had another home run. His last home run, number six, was to left field. But the other thing is his idea of the strike zone is so much better. He's laying off a pitch just an inch outside or an inch low or a little bit inside. He's leaving those pitches Alone, He's swinging at strikes, doing damage, and he's getting out in front of the count. And now the pitchers think, okay, I've got to throw this kid a strike because the last few years he was chasing pitches all over the place. He was chasing base hits, getting behind in the count, swinging the pitches in the dirt. You're seeing none of that. He has a great idea of the strike zone, and when he gets his pitch, he's just hitting the heck out of it. But that approach of straightaway center field hitting the ball hard and and swinging a lot of strikes inside the strike zone. He's doing a whole lot of damage, and he's smiling again. He's having success because he's smiling. It wasn't too after the last few years because it was a struggle. But got to remember, he's only 23 years of age. The kid in center is only 22, you know, in Julio. So the Mariners are in great shape for a long time. But what Jared is doing right now is absolutely remarkable.
2: Riz, it's been uh, fun to watch Jared do his thing. It's also been fun to watch Teoscar Hernandez kind of turn it up and do his thing as well. When he was uh, advertised to the Mariners or the Mariner fans, it was power, power, power. And started off kind of rough. We haven't seen that. But as of late, he's turned it on. What have you seen from him?
0: I've seen uh, from Teoscar Hernandez a chance to get some at-bats. You know, because when he went to the World Baseball Classic, and I just had this conversation with uh, Kevin Stocker who was from Spokane and played in the big leagues. And one of his guys, they went to the World Baseball Classic and didn't get a lot of at-bats with Team USA. And then when he came back to start the season, uh, got off to a slow start. Well, maybe that's the case with Teoscar. He didn't get a whole lot of at-bats with Team USA. They were gone for you know a couple of weeks. Then they came back. And it's always difficult, too, to get started with a new team. I don't care how good you are. You want to impress and everything. So there's a little bit of pressure there. But now he's getting his at-bats. He's doing damage, hitting the ball out of the ballpark, driving the ball the other way, playing some really good defense. He's made some really nice plays out there in right field. But I think he just needed to get on the roll, get those at-bats that I think, you know, he obviously would have gotten at spring training, but he missed because he was at the World Baseball Classic. But now, uh, you know, it's a different to Oscar Hernandez. And he's getting the average up there, five home runs on the year, 13 runs batted in. Last uh, 13 games, he's hitting 308. So we're seeing a guy that's uh, on a roll right now.
1: Yeah, really great to see. Two guys still waiting to get going. A.J. Pollock, uh, he's batting fifth today at DH. And, uh, of course, Colton Wong, who isn't playing today. Matchup, you got Caballero out there. But Wong had three hits in his last outing. A.J. Pollock has had moments this season. Uh, What have you seen from both of these guys that's encouraging? And what do they both need to do?
0: Yeah, Colton Wong needs to get the ball out of the air. Uh, everything is up in the air, and a lot of fly ball outs, and he's not driving the ball. And uh, Scott and hitting coaches, uh, you know, JD and Tony, they're trying to get him to hit the ball on the ground and hit the line drives and be that be that kind of guy at the bottom part of the order to get on in front of JP Crawford, who's been very good at the number nine spot. So I think we're seeing that uh, over the last couple of ball games, and they've given him a breather against uh, left-handed pitching. And Jose Caballero, in the meantime, has come up and played very well. You know, he's making plays at second base and, and putting the ball in play with authority. But I think Colton Wong, you know, he had some really good years with the St. Louis Cardinals last year with Milwaukee at 251. He just needs to get going again. And when he, when he does, I think he's going to be just fine. Same thing with, with A.J. Pollock. He had 245 last year with the White Sox. He had some good, really good years with uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Helped the Dodgers win a World Series, you know, a few years ago. And, uh, you know, we're seeing, starting to see his bat, you know, come around. But he was sick. You know, he missed some time. He was really under the weather, and that kind of takes a lot out of you, kind of saps yeah. your strength. And then uh, we've seen him get some really big hits, some doubles in the gap on the last homestand to drive in some runs. So I think uh, when he gets his strength back, I think Pollock is going to be fine as well.
1: All right. He is the voice of the Mariners. Rick Riz, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline on the Dugout every single Tuesday, all Mariners 1 to 2. Rick, thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Riz. And anytime, <laughs> Stacey and Buff. Thank you very much.
1: See ya. Uh, all right. Uh, we have Brandon Gustafson. Curtis, thumbs up. Brandon still... Uh Okay, we, we were having some moving pieces, so we are having Brandon join us, and here's the deal. Um, I personally love just throwing a ton of questions at Brandon, who knows everything there is to know about the Mariners, and so I want to open up the text line if you guys have questions as well for Brandon. You can get them sent in. We're talking just Mariners here. Uh, 866-979-3776. What's in store for an East Coast road trip in this series against Philly? Don't go anywhere.
0: You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners.
1: Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, Brandon Gustafson, editor for SeattleSports.com. He covers the Mariners, knows them well. And uh, Brandon, I'll let you know, I did solicit some questions from listeners. So Bump and I have some extra stuff in addition to our own questions for you. So you're going to get some random ones in here. But I'll start with this. Jared Kelnick sixth in the order today, and I'm already seeing some complaints from people who would love to see him uh, bat a little higher than that. Why do you think uh, this placement is where the Mariners are sticking right now?
4: Well, I think it's one of those things where they just feel Jared's in such a good spot right now, and maybe they're just not wanting to rock the boat. You know, whether, he, whether it's warranted for him to move up, because I think there's definitely a case to be made, maybe having Julio lead off with Jared hitting second. I think that you could definitely make a case where, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. It gets probably your two of your best guys up in the lineup early for guys like Ty and Suarez and, and say, Oscar Hernandez to, to be up there. But, again, we, we know that Jared's issues at the plate from, a, from his MLB career are not a physical issue. It, it has to do with mentality. Uh, I don't think that you want him maybe moving up just quite yet because maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on him. So I think it's just one of those things that they're just trying to keep him in kind of the mental spot that he's in right now because clearly he's just in a really good place.
2: BG, the M's are two games below 500, but we're starting to see Teoscar hit the ball, right? J- uh, Kelnick hit the ball, and your your usual suspects, you got Julio or whatnot. Robbie Ray is gone, and Munoz is is, uh, is hurt as well, but he's on assignment now. And then you have Flex, who's been uh, up and down. Would you say they're weathering the storm, or would you expect them to be a bit further when you factor in all the things that I just said about the slow starts and the guys being injured? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that really when, when you look at it, they, I think weathering the storm is a good way to put it. bump, especially when you consider that when they were healthy at the beginning of the year, it, it was tough for them. The, that, that Cleveland series did not go well. The Angels series immediately after that did not go well. They played better overall baseball since then. Uh, aside from really that, that sweep at the hand of the Brewers, they, they played pretty solid ball overall uh, since those first two series wrapped up. Um, I, I think it is one of those things that you, you'll see them probably in the next few weeks start to get healthier. They got Haggerty back over the past weekend. Uh, Dylan Moore sidelined still, and it looks like it's going to be a little bit longer for him. But, yeah, getting Munoz back will be a big boost. But I think that it is something where you kind of need to have perspective if you're a Mariners fan or you're a Mariners follower and look at the team they're playing right now. Philadelphia Phillies made it to the World Series last year. They're a game under five hundred. Mm-hmm. The Astros aren't off to the best start either. The team that the Mariners just took two or three from, the St. Louis Cardinals, won the NL Central last year. And they're off to an even worse start than the Mariners are. So it is one of those things where it's still really early. Obviously, you're looking for a few more guys to kind of get going, especially at the bottom part of that order. But uh, for the most part, really, since, yeah, that Cleveland series and that Angels series, they have been playing better baseball.
1: Um what works so well for Marco, specifically in his last start? There's a little switcheroo today where he's on the mound instead of Logan. Um, it's obviously a tough lineup. You mentioned the record isn't great, but uh, statistically, like Team OPS, they're pretty solid. Uh, what did he do so well last time?
4: I think that Marco is just in a really good spot with his changeup, and I, I think that that's a spot uh, that he's, he's kind of gone back and forth over the last few years, uh, mixing up what his uh, his number 2 offering has been. Uh, at times it's gone to the cutter. Sometimes it's even been the curveball. But I feel like the changeup's just been a really, really good weapon for him. And obviously, like with any pitcher, I think the fastball command is, is one of the most important things to, to do. And it sets up a changeup for a guy like Marco, who's obviously going to be working the corners, working the bottom part of the zone, uh, trying to avoid that hard contact. He's given up just the one home run this year, which is a pretty good sign because he's a, he's a soft-tossing guy. Those guys tend to get hit pretty hard. He's just doing a really good job avoiding hard contact and the fastball and the changeup in particular have just been really good weapons for him. So, uh, as you mentioned, they've got some guys in their lineup, even with Bryce Harper out. They obviously went out and signed Trey Turner. Brandon Marsh has been one of the better surprises in baseball in the outfield. Uh, Alec Boehm, they've got some guys in the lineup that can certainly do some damage. So, again, Marco's got to go with that fastball changeup kind of combination in order to keep these guys off balance and keep it off the barrel.
2: This one's from the text line. The two hundred six says: Are we seeing a movement away from advanced analytics like launch angle and exit velo, and a resurgence of importance in batting average and RBIs?
4: <laughs> no. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> just to be totally honest, no team. I mean, if you if you talk to you talk to people around the team, you you hear Justin Hollander, you hear Jerry Depoto talk. I mean, what's the first thing that they brought up with? A lot of these moves Teoscar hey, Hernandez, he hits the ball hard. They weren't saying, oh, this guy is going to check in with 75, 80 RBIs. No, they're looking at this guy hits the ball hard. So we think that the results are going to come as a result of that. Uh, obviously, batting average, I think, is going to be a little bit more focused upon this year because of the shift restrictions ultimately it still comes down to the old money ball cliche right get on base on base percentage is more important than batting average ultimately because you just need to have base runners but batting average is still important because you need to have guys that can cash in but yeah i don't think that launch angle exit velo, anything like that is going away anytime soon and i know that some people don't like that because they like the way that it's been. They like what they grew up reading on the back of baseball cards, but that sort of stuff is really, really important to the Mariners and the other 29 MLB teams.
1: Hey, speaking of shift restrictions, are the results so far for the Mariners kind of what you were expecting when you uh, saw those rule changes?
4: Yeah, I mean, you've seen Cal Raleigh. He, he got off to a hot start, kind of slowed down a little bit, but you. Like, you know, going off the average again, I think that you've seen that tick up a little bit. Obviously, uh, Jared Kelnick, I think, really at the beginning of the year had a few instances where hits a hard ground ball into right field that last year, the year prior is probably just a, a, a ground out to the second baseman in the shallow outfield. Instead, he gets a single and he gets rewarded for it. Uh, they are a little bit right-handed heavy. I mean, uh, th- I mean Jared and Cal being a switch hitter and JP, those are kind of the three go-to lefties that they have, especially with Colton Long coming up. So. Uh, for the most part, it's really just those three who have kind of been impacted in at least sort of a positive way. I think just because as we're getting more and more into the season, it's pretty apparent that the, the team's best hitters right now, kind of besides Kellnick, are all from the right-handed side of the plate.
2: Philly's got a good ball club, man. Uh, how tough is this going to be? And, and what does a good road trip look like to you?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think just looking at this series in particular, obviously you're just trying to win two of three. That uh, I think the obviously you know, if you can get a sweep on the road, that's kind of uh, icing on the cake, cherry on top, whatever you want to call it. Um, their their starting rotation, their top two guys, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, have not gotten off the great starts. Their starting rotation's just been okay. Um, but they're n- they're not seeing those two guys. They're seeing the the kind of three through five guys. We'll see Taiwan Walker, former Mariner, tomorrow. Uh, they do have some guys in the bullpen: uh, Alvarado, uh, Gregory Soto. Those are a few guys that throw really hard from the left side. So you're hoping that you can kind of maybe get out to a little bit of a lead, so you're not dealing with those guys and trying to catch up. Um, but again, I think with the Phillies, it starts with their starts with their lineup. That's a very hitter friendly ballpark. So. Again, Marco, Logan, tomorrow, George Kirby, those guys have their work cut out for them because they're they're facing a good lineup even if you have Reese Hoskins out for the year and Bryce Harper still on the shelf.
1: He is Brandon Gustafson. You can read his work on seattlesports.com. Thanks so much, Brandon.
4: Thanks, BG. Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. All right. Again, thank you to all of our guests, Shannon Dreyer, Rick Riz, Brandon Gustafson, for joining us today on The Dugout. They joined us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. That will do it for The Dugout. It's all Mariners, 1 to 2 p.m. every single Tuesday. For Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacy Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.